Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I am Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diamant. And this is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art. How are you today, Rob? Today, Russell, I am feeling romantic. Oh, okay. And I mean romantic in the sense of self-expression and individualism and an emphasis on emotion. And that is my favourite thing in the whole wide world, um, and especially within art, because I think romantic artists are the best. And uh, yeah, and I think people sometimes get it confused with like sentimentality, but actually when something's romantic, I think it's so genius. And today's guest is, in my eyes, a romantic artist. And actually, in the exhibition notes of their recent exhibition at Violmeta, which is an amazing gallery in Los Angeles, it's one of the funniest texts I'd ever read, like, you know, for, for an exhibition. I thought it was so genius. Um, it was actually written by a writer called um, Sarah Nicole Prickett. And it talked about an issue with their accountant. The artist has an oh, accountant. And she phoned their her accountant basically saying why can't you make the bedroom as well as the studio including like the bed the mattress um a tax deductible kind of space you know for their accounts and the accountant just laughed and thought it was a joke and then the guest actually fired the accountant because that's the kind of artist they are and I love this I'm so excited because I agree with her and I I think you know being an artist is not just being in in a studio with a canvas it's about thinking it's about big ideas it's about expressing yourself everywhere that you are the air you breathe the ground you walk on it's all part of art so that's just one tiny little uh sort of doesn't um, sound that tiny that sounds very (laughs) that's like a big big idea well you know me very dramatic so we would like to welcome to Talk Art all the way from, I think, a, a seaport in New York, which I never even knew was there, but I'm loving this. Um, we might hear about some stories of the seaport um, all the way from New York. Nash, Nash Glynn. Glynn. <laughs> Hi, Nash. Hello, boys. <laughs> How are you? Good. Yes. Greetings from the seaport, the South Street seaport here in Manhattan. So I, I read that your studio was in Greenpoint in Brooklyn. So you've moved from there. It was once. Yes, I moved uh, last January to a loft in the South Street seaport. And yeah, I'm home. <laughs> you feel home there. You feel like this is where yes. you're meant to be. Oh, yes, I do well in the seaport. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean you do well, like with all the sailors? Yes, exactly. (laughs) You know, all the drunken sailors at the pub downstairs. It's it's quite a scene. That's great. So So why was the move from Brooklyn to Manhattan important for you? Uh, Well, I needed space and I happened to find some here. Uh, I found a good old-fashioned loft, which I then discovered uh, once belonged to an academic called Silver Lottinger. I don't know if you know. I didn't know who he was until I found this, but he started Semiotext. What's that? Semi- uh, the, publishing com- the publishing company, oh, Semiotext. I don't know that. Uh, they translated a lot of uh, like French theory back in the day into English, uh, including like Baudrillard, who did oh. like this simulacrum, uh, you know, which is the reason why we have things like the matrix. Oh. Um, and yeah, he was lovers with, um, the artist, Kathy Acker, 
And yeah, there was some film shot here. And anyway, there's a whole history to the town, and um, I'm discovering more and more every day. Do you feel his, <laughs> Do you feel his energy there? Is it inspiring to you? Knowing oh this? yes, <laughs> yes, it's inspiring indeed. <laughs> um, yeah, I've heard some some uh, juicy stories about things that took place here back in the day yes <laughs> <laughs> and you're just conti- you're continuing that lineage now yourself i do my best you know <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that last last night you oh, had you had a load of you had a load of friends over but you made them oh, yes. you made them leave early because you had to record the podcast <laughs> are you throwing like big parties at the studio or oh it was just a small gathering of you know some of the dolls about town um <laughs> i think you know. it wasn't that small it was 10 of you wasn't it <laughs> that's small for a Saturday night at my house. Love. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah, they always yeah seem to find their way here. That's and nice. So, um, so having a big space for you, does that equate to be able to create bigger work or more work? Yes, or yeah, yes. how, how do you work yes. in a bigger space then? You know, it's funny. I've um, yeah, since coming here, I've I've been playing with scale quite a bit um, in my paintings, and you know, while the canvases have gotten bigger, you know, the subjects have kind of remained the same, which has been a lot of fun to play with, and it's I've it, they've been you know things that I've been dreaming of for quite a while, which is why I needed the space. I mean, you could say the work has become in a lot of ways about space yeah Yeah, absolutely because i think you know well well, let's go back to like what the fundamental is of your practice and self-portraiture is incredibly important that's that's what we're seeing when we we see a nash glim work we're seeing yourself depicted within an interior or within a landscape but it, it is always you're always drawing on yourself Yes, I'm definitely my own muse. Um, and, but yeah, it's, it's become, yeah, it is, it is a lot about, you know, it's, yes, it's mostly self-portraiture, but, you know, in a lot of ways, it's about alienation. And you could say not so much, you know, the alienation of being trans or um which does come up quite a bit but you know maybe the alienation of having identity at all and yeah and and the way that you know this the space in between things is kind of as definitive as the thing itself and that's something I've been really playing with you know this idea of that there is no negative space so you mean this, if, if we're looking at one of these, especially this, you had a show interiors that's a Vilmeta, yes, as we said, in LA yes. at the moment, and there is a lot of negative space we would see because it's yeah, quite that's a what, white... That's what everyone kept saying, but you know, <laughs> I would reply, actually, there is no negative space. So that for you, so, that, so, the, so the blankness within these works, you don't see as an empty space. You see that as being full up. I mean, that's my wish. I suppose, um, you know, but that's also was kind of the problem. I ran into LA, you know, I still haven't decided if the show was a breakthrough or a complete failure because yeah, it was, it's been received with a bit of skepticism and, and some suspicion. Yeah. You know, people keep saying, yes, there's a lot of negative space, but you know, but a negative I, space I, in a negative way for them. Who, who, and where, I where, guess I'm like, it depends on how you look at it. Yes. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I love the openness of them. So what does, what does that do for you then when you get this sort of reaction, a mixed reaction to uh, something you're trying? Does that then paralyze you or do you feel like you oh no it makes it me want to do it more yes. Right. <laughs> yes you know i'm like the easiest way to get me to do something is to tell me not to um, so my whole life i've been doing what people tell me not to do so you know it's gotten me this far so. when did you when did you start drawing yourself always yes you know you could say my my parents home in florida is like my uh, childhood hall of mirrors yeah there's 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 a lot there's, since for as long as i can remember since i did that whole the the mirror stage thing what's that you've heard of it no. yes it's the the lacanian the mirror stage i mean personally i think it's it's you know the mirror stage never really ends but it's this idea of like you know when the child's like becomes kind of obsessed with 
his or her reflection because it allows them kind of a sense of control where they have a kind of lack of control in their bodies. So it's like I lift my arm and the the figure in the mirror lifts the arm. Like it's kind of the same. Um, anyway, yeah. No, I love that. So then you and always then you loved would, the mirror. <laughs> and then you would draw yourself to so say you lifted your arm. Would you then sort of paint or draw yourself as a kid in that position? Sure. Yeah. There's a few positions. Yes. There's lots of different <laughs> positions, you know, and, and I'm still doing the same thing really. You know, it's always, yeah, there's a lot of choreography, you know, and body language. And I, I always remember being a kid in um, Polaroid cameras and taking photos, you know, on old films. Um, Cause I was really into, I dreamt as a kid of being a pop star the whole time. And I would often like stage <laughs> photo shoots with my neighbors, um, you know, uh-huh. people my own age, kids as we were growing up, we used to do a lot of photography. Was that also something that you would do? Like, like taking portraits of yourself in that way? Uh- yeah, well, I mean, Polaroid cameras might have been a bit before my time, but <laughs> they are making a comeback. They are, it seems. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, not so much pictures, but lots of drawings and paintings, Yeah, mm. some collages even. So you grew up in Miami, Florida. As a kid, you were introduced to art via your dad, who was a, a set designer or a prop master. Yes, the prop master. Actually, that was the, the name of his company was Prop Masters, and oh. he built uh, Prop Masters Inc. Miami. Um, he built sets for different television and music videos and theater. And yeah, I was working at his shop from a very young age, probably too young, according to like you know maybe some laws. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> Um, but yes, while my brothers were sent to do construction, I was always sent to the other woman in the shop to, in scenic. Um, and that's where I was first began interacting with paint and, um, was being taught, you know, different tricks of the trade. And in some ways, you know, that I think that still comes up in a lot of ways, you know, I think, um, I do kind of think about the paintings as, props almost for a kind of set that is this sort of social sphere yeah they well they I feel mean, scenic like, like you're saying about yes. the scenic backgrounds that yeah, a lot sure. of yeah. paintings we see of your work your your self-portrait is existing within a landscape which would be the backdrop for yeah. you know a tv set or the or the or the horizon in the distance you you feel yeah. this kind of scale of landscape and this is obviously something you must have picked up at that time, that, that skill set, but also the imagery for that that has continued through your practice now. Yeah, no, I had to do lots of clouds and that sort of thing, <laughs> although it's a very different kind of way of being when I'm, you know, here in the studio as opposed to when I've, if I take a job doing scenic. It's, it's hard to describe, but I guess it's a lot more intuitive, you know, here and a lot more. There's a lot more play yeah, in action. Um, How often are you in your studio? Every day. Every day, <laughs> like seven days a week? Yes. Well, I, I live, my studio is in my home as well. Wow. Oh. <laughs> yes. So, yes, but I am also, I do usually work every day. So is that um, is that something as well you were looking for when you bought a studio that you yes. wanted a live-work experience? You want, And you like to be around your work. That's something that is... You do. So if you, is it hard then to sell them? Like if you, if they're things that you like having around? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's always, you know, a thing where it's, yeah, giving them away. Um, you know, these objects that I've spent so much time with and, you know, it's, it's a, such a funny thing where, you know, here's this thing that I've spent so many hours with that I've touched that has my, you know, sort of breath in it. And then, you know, it's no longer mine and I can't touch it anymore and I can't, yeah. But I think every artist has some of that. There's an amazing quote that you said that, I mean, there's lots of amazing quotes I'm going to pull out about <laughs> that you've said that have, have really made me go, whoa, it's not stopped in my tracks. Mm. But one of these things you said is about once work is on the walls of a gallery, it slips into the past. And that really made me reconsider everything because, you know, mm. it's about being in the moment. And you and you think yes. that when you put a gallery show on like the show you've got on now, when that show's finished, it goes into the past, your past exhibitions, your past shows. Yeah. And you have and it's like, I don't know, it just really made me consider what the, the life mm. of an artist. And I guess, you know, it's the same for me being an actor. You make something that goes on TV, then it's like your past shows, your past CV. So yeah. there's, there's this never ending quest for the next 
the new. Yes, yes. Well, it's a funny thing, you know, I think in the beginning, you know, I thought the thrill that I was seeking was in the exhibiting, but now having exhibited a few times, you know, I've realized that the thrill is actually here in the making, yeah, in the studio, you know, and that's what I'm searching for. <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite works in the show that you just had was actually called Facade and it's of a window. Yeah. And there was another yeah. work of a doorway, which was like a closed door. Can yes. you speak a bit about those paintings where the figure might not actually be there, but I feel like your presence is still very felt. Sure. Well, you know, there's always the implication, but it's funny, I get a few times when people see that painting of specifically the closed door, they ask, you know, what's behind the door and I always say <laughs> the back of the canvas <laughs> you know um, that was kind of the idea there maybe it's all facade you know this prop master thing it's a bit like Truman show in some ways it's, mm. you're, you're using the device of the canvas as the wall of the yes. world in which you're inhabiting within the vista of the image we're looking at there's all these kind yes. of elements come into play which is very smart you know, in some ways. Oh, thank you. Yeah. you know, yes, she walks and she talks. Um, <laughs> you know, not just a pretty face. Um, <laughs> well, can we talk about, yes, you know. can we talk about the actual themes then that run through the practice? There's, there's this, this character this of you, but it's kind of like a Mother Earth character, but you've given them uh, another name. And the environment that you exist in, you're very active in uh, using these images as a way of speaking about environmental politics and geological issues and obviously climate change and and how the interior of the body also reflects the exterior of the world, the landscape. There's all these lots of themes going in and what you look at quite, you know, they could come across as quite a simple image of a female figure in a landscape and you're like, okay, but it has so many layers to it. Well, you know, I mean, it's always kind of that play between the interiors and the exteriors in the paintings. And it's kind of that sense of, you know, what does it mean to be in a body or in a biosphere for that matter, or a landscape, you know? And I think a part of the work is is this idea that that kind of uh, inside outside manifold, I believe, kind of sustains rituals of exclusion at the heart of, you know, maybe our global crisis that we uh, find ourselves in. And, you know, it's like this sense that, you know, if there's an inside and an outside, like we, that you throw away your trash and it goes away. Like, you know, there is no outside really. Or I guess that's kind of something I'm playing with. Does that keep you like awake at night? These because it's quite <laughs> well, an there's a lot of things that keep me awake at night. <laughs> it's quite an existential, one of them. existential, you know, and but it's one that we are all having and should be having because sure. of the state of the world politically and geologically. But it is quite an existential idea that you channel into your work. Yes, you know, I mean, I can get a bit existential at times, but when you really think about these things, are actually very simple. It's like. I guess part of the work kind of abolishes this idea that there is an outside. It can be applied to so many problems, uh, the institutions, the environmental crisis. It's, Do you feel like making work then is your way of showing activism for this or showing existence oh. of, of, you know, a female body or the state mm -hmm. of the world what 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 is the what is the drive for you to make work sure i mean i guess i mean i wouldn't dare call myself an activist you know i think that takes a lot more work <laughs> but you know i do i guess have a wish <laughs> yes <laughs> i don't know the wish would be to maybe touch people <laughs> through my work and you know maybe I don't know, change some minds, maybe makes people feel something. I don't know, change the way we think about these things, you know? And then again, it's, it's also, yes, I have a lot of ideas that are more kind of political or, but at the same time, you know, I think I'm also really just searching for a feeling, 
Um, but also, I guess these things are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> so should for feeling as in a feeling of satisfaction with the work or a feeling of of calmness within the world or... Uh, no, I don't know. Maybe just feeling alive, <laughs> I guess, um, and hoping to give that to people. I don't know, that, that can evoke some sort of change. But you must have been a lifeline. You must have had people reach out to you at various points and connect and say how important your work is because also the representation of your body and yourself is when it comes to representation within art is rare you know we, yes, we don't see images like this and and we should be seeing more. and what so what you are doing is is a lifeline and there's an, an incredible interview that you did with with gay letter and i, I want to read out something you said in that which again stopped me in my tracks and and you said for me this is what I've been doing. For me, the figure allows me to see my body as a precious art object that is not disposable, not erasable. Walking down the street, being visibly transgender can be life-threatening. I am celebrating this visibility by painting it because I have to. Being visible for me also means that I'm alive. I have this fantasy that may be a bit naive, that representation will make me safer in public. If these paintings are seen and are, are validated in a sense by the market and are able to function within the market, then I will hopefully be able to function walking down the street. And that, I mean, I feel quite emotional reading that. When I read that, I felt very emotional that that is a, an incredible kind of manifesto for yourself and you know, the way the art market works and the way that representation works and the way we've seen it recently with a lot of queer artists, uh, artists of color, that when they, the market celebrates them, the market does something, then then representation changes. And it's a very kind of shallow way of representation yes. happening. But you are having that effect because the, the art market is very, very interested in Nash Glynn. <laughs> yes, and it is indeed. <laughs> but, you know, it's, I mean, that, yeah, that quote, that was, um, was a while ago. Things have changed since then, I have to say. I think things definitely started out with a kind of um, a need to, to have some sort of reflection in this, this canon that I've spent so much time in and studying and, and you know, admiring. Yeah, things have changed in the sense, I guess, that I would hope that there's also more interesting things happening in the work than just the fact that I'm a woman because you know it's actually quite mundane but at the same time you know of course that's a part of the work and and you know it's something as the market has taken more interest I've began to struggle with in a different sense because I wonder will there be a point like will I ever get to be an artist or will I always be a trans painter and maybe I would clearly have lots of interests with that. You know, I would hope that uh, that I can also address some maybe more fundamental issues like time and space or something. And mm. then, you had an amazing theory you yeah. also said is that mm. only straight white men get to be artists. Everyone else yes. is a trans artist is a queer sure. artist is a female yes. artist is an artist yes. of color but we yes. never say yes. this is a white straight male artist making this sure. work they are the you know the patriarchy has made them the artist and everyone else is othered around them sure yes no it's it's a funny it's a strange time we live in too you know where i also you know so then with this this latest show you know i i tried to sort of move from that a bit and and I had, you know, it was met with some resistance and, you know, I had collectors tell me that they're going to pass and wait for a full frontal, you know, because what? that's, yes, but <laughs> because that's become kind of the currency in a way. And, you know, I find myself now in a, a very strange position that I actually haven't quite figured out what to make out of all of it because it's who I am is not something I'm trying to deny you know at all like you know or, or it's not that I'm ashamed but I would hope that one day maybe I could also be free to explore 
everything but yeah. you know well, you, um, but, you, you are though and you should be and that's totally reductive and pathetic of those collectors or anyone who said that to you it's totally unacceptable because your paintings are so brilliant and so strong and that's what I was kind of referencing before about the the work of the facade like the door the window the the skull like those paintings are so extraordinarily mm-hmm. exquisite and th- th- they're just incredibly powerful paintings I mean it's just ludicrous that people wouldn't I mean, but you know what? Sometimes when you start doing something ahead of everyone else, then it takes stupid people um, a longer time to catch up. Because honestly, I think, you know, please continue just doing what you do and following your heart because the paintings you're making are without doubt extraordinary. But it, and, must, um, but it must play on your mind because you're told that that's what people want. And when you're in a studio, do you? there must be yeah, a part of you that's awful. editing your output or you're going, I'm going to make this, but you know, maybe someone, people won't want to buy this unless I do this one. So then you feel like you're an artist to order in some ways or you're, you're bending yourself. So I can mm. understand why you're having a bit of a, a moment trying to digest that. I also... I have nothing against full frontals. No, exactly. <laughs> but, but, you know, but it is, yes, it becomes, yeah. Yeah, but it's not, it's not all that you are. Do you know what I mean? It's like... I would hope exactly. there's more it's interesting like, things yeah. happening here than just the fact that I have a penis. <laughs> but, <laughs> and, you know, can we talk about paint even? Exactly, know? and the form and, and the compositions. Yes, and and so, course, and, well, yes. let's talk about the paint then. Because <laughs> you work yes. in lots and lots and lots no. of layers. What I love about your practice I is that you do. have so many layers going through the work. So you are allowed as a viewer to see your mistakes, to see your decision changes, That we and in certain lights we can see all the layers that are in there. That's incredibly important to you for people to see your process. Yes, yeah, I work in acrylics, so... There's no removing in acrylics. It's, it's only addition. There's no going backwards, um, <laughs> which I like. And yes, so it's all there. Why is know? that though? Why acrylic and not oil? And why why do you want everybody to see everything? Um, I've always worked in acrylics. It's just always come you know, more naturally to me. I'm, I'm not sure why, but I mean, I think I also am very impatient and, you know, I can't wait for things to dry. So, you know, <laughs> acrylics, it's, it dries instantly and I can, if I want to go over it, I can, but it's just always been the way that I work. There's lots of layers and scrubbing and then washes and, you know, and, but I just like the idea of just always adding and, and never removing and, yeah, it, it works for me. Are the landscapes imagined or are they... Because you work from photographs for yourself. You take self-portrait photography and you work from them. But with the landscapes, is that all kind of from memory or from all the clouds that you were painting as a kid and in the scenic department? <laughs> uh it's mostly from photographs oh, yeah. but then there's a bit of i allow myself um you know some agency and room to play of course but yeah and then you know sometimes i will even you know there is kind of digital aspect too where you know i'll sometimes like photoshop two landscapes together or throw in a rainbow or <laughs> like whatever i need compositionally if i think something you know what needed something in a certain spot or whatever and then there's always the kind of the superimposition of you know a studio photograph of myself which is taken here um onto the kind of landscapes or yeah and is that friends take these interiors no it's it's just me and myself and a camera um (laughs) um, and a remote control for me the the landscapes ross is talking about there's an element of kind of paradise there's some kind of like Mm. dream element or hope like a utopia yeah can you can you speak a bit about that because i know in my intro when i said the thing about your bed and the accountant (laughs) and like and the the legitimacy of a match in a, as a space to dream or to create yes. or to you know to love to for passion for all of these things can you speak a bit about hope and utopia and dreams i am in the business of dreams but um yeah i mean i guess you could say you know along the lines of hope you know kind of every painting is, is a wish in a way you know i paint um you know what i need to see sometimes you know just to imagine whatever you know what it what it would look like to see myself standing even you know if that's what the painting is if it's triumphant or if it's i don't know it's as a recently 
a friend of mine was here and, you know, was discussing this line that I use to often create the, the interior spaces. You know, I'm always kind of playing with this idea of like, how little does it take to create space as well? Mm, 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 and often in the interiors, it's, it will be, it could be just a line and yes. we have architecture and, you know, my friend was saying the line is, it's, that takes a lot of confidence. I was kind of like, <laughs> it's, it becomes a kind of chicken or the egg thing. Or it's, 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 does it take confidence to put down the line or does the line give confidence kind of thing? So, you know, what is when it I'm then? painting. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's definitely a bit of both because sometimes trusting our instincts takes confidence. And yeah. Well, I like um, the idea of what you just said about how you paint because it's what you need to see. And again, I guess it goes back to representation and what, what we're experiencing gallery walls or museums, I guess, but the images that you're creating. We've seen lots of women in the, as you said, you want to insert yourself into the canon of the female nude, but we've yes. not seen many bodies like your female nudes in museums. And yes. it is a part of that, you know, you said you wasn't kind of political in, in the fact that you're out there rallying, like yes. demonstrating, but within your practice, it is such a important and, and yes. vital thing to do. But also, is there, well, is there a yes. feeling of sadness in there that you are having to do or you feel compelled to do that well I guess you know that's the thing I guess where it comes back to even you know I'm not really entirely sure I have a choice you know where it is that thing of to be visible for me is to be alive you know and I have to stay alive <laughs> you know dying is so cliche <laughs> but, painting keeps um, you alive I mean, yes, another cliche, but yes, it's true. Yes, it's, uh, I'm very lucky to have always had my practice. Um, yeah, I mean, but it's also that sense of, yeah, I, I don't really have a, a choice other to, than to be visible, you know, because, and, and in that sense, you know, being visible is, political mm. you know for me at least i mean for for any woman really but mm. yeah and then of course you know it is so much a part of the work the self-portraits if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about juvederm lip fillers with juvederm volbella xc and juvederm ultra xc your lip look whether it's subtle or bold can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at juvederm.com today that's j-u-v-e-d-e-r-m.com add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with juvederm volbella xc or juvederm ultra xc do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I mean, I, I, I find your painting so highly charged. And if you think about, you know, in the way you're describing it, it sounds like from the act of painting, from the act of whether you're painting yourself standing, sitting, you know, looking out of a window, that somehow they give you a strength, a kind of uh, a, 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 a kind of drive, you know, out, outside yes. of the work to keep to keep on in, in a way. So if you if you look at a work like Intersection, which is um, like a dagger, I guess, like 
yeah, almost like knife, stuck yeah. a knife yeah like <laughs> into into the floor it looked a bit shakespearean and dramatic to me as well just <laughs> just the shape of it but there's something so, i love that painting because it's Thank so you. charged and it's yeah. so like it's so minimal at the same time but maybe yeah. it's not maybe it's maybe it's maximal because yeah. the way you're describing which i love mm-hmm. you know this idea yeah. of the full space mm-hmm. um can you talk about that precise work and like and how yeah. that came to exist <laughs> Everyone wants to know how that one came to exist. <laughs> well, that knife is still in my wall. Um, <laughs> that one, it's a kind of a long story. Um, we love long stories. <laughs> so what, do we, what, do you, did the knife, what came first, the yeah. idea or the knife happened, then the idea of the painting? Or was the painting idea happening through a knife? I, again, again, it's the chicken or the egg. Um, <laughs> you know, I, yes, you know, everyone asks about the knife in my wall. And yes, it was always for the painting, but maybe the impulse had mm. to do with something else. <laughs> you know, maybe I wanted to see what's through the wall, but, you know, goes back to the idea of what's behind the closed door and the back of the canvas. Maybe there is no outside of this system that we live in, of this, you know, system of language that, you know, is the, the foundation of all art and, and you know, is is about trying to express something then really it's just a kind of desire to connect and um i may have gone off a little bit no but, no but that's what yes, you're driven you by know, is this, yes, this desire yes. to connect to many to connect to people to our like to our community but to connect to people outside of the community to connect you know to make your presence known to exist i guess you have the exister spirit that you yes. have to exist and this yes. this does exist and it's like you know, we've always said this, if it exists on a gallery wall, you can't deny its existence. Sure. And that's, that's what's ha- what your work is doing for so yes. many. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's also, you know, it's funny. I have this, you know, people ask me when I know a painting is finished. And, you know, it's really just a feeling. And if I had to describe the feeling, it would kind of be like taking a sledgehammer to a wall. And, you know, it's almost like I can be, when I hear that sound, I know that it's finished. And, you know, maybe over the course of my career, I will take down this wall. And so each for each painting is like you're, you've got a sledgehammer and it's a knock on like a sledge bang on the wall. <laughs> it feels like, well, I mean, I guess, you to know. That, to that knife. It's, <laughs> yes. I mean, it's funny. I find that the impulse to create is actually very closely tied to the impulse to destroy. Have you ever had the impulse to like just wreck your life, <laughs> you know, um, or to just break something, you mm. know, it's, I find actually the impulse to pick up a paintbrush is actually very similar to that feeling, except creation is actually so much harder, but the feeling lasts much longer and you can sell it. So <laughs> there's that. Well, in a but, weird way, it leads to more creation because yes, exactly. one leads to the next, you know, yes. both financially, but also creatively. It's very kind of Scorpio, weirdly. We're in Scorpio mm-hmm. season right now, but that idea <laughs> yeah. of like sex and death. I was, I used to work with a musician called Youth who was in Killing Joke. And he mm-hmm. used to be really, when he first met me, he was like, you're a Scorpio. It's all about sex and death. It's about birth, <laughs> a birth and destruction yeah. and, and yeah. how closely aligned those two energies are. Even Russell's yeah. a Scorpio, actually. But yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> yes, yeah. And so I guess, you know, it's like, yeah, the, the impulse to pick up the brush, it, it feels almost very similar than as the impulse to, I don't know, stick a knife in a wall. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. totally. But is that, totally. Is that because you feel like it's a scary place to create the paintings you're creating? So you feel like it's it's this mm-hmm. act of aggression in some ways or, or revenge or something with the images uh, yes i mean i do want revenge <laughs> you know and it's yeah maybe i am seeking revenge in some ways you know to the system against yeah, the system sure. maybe centuries of misrepresentation or lack thereof that yeah have caused a lot of pain in the world at the same time, you know, it's also sometimes just 
a, a desire to make something beautiful, I yeah, guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's quite simply, you know, as cliche as that is as well. You know, I can't deny that I am but, invested in beauty. But also that's so powerful because that I was just thinking that when you were talking, this idea that like your works have such a tenderness, such a dignity, such a kind of they're just so elegant as well and beautiful. That's the only word for them. And it's almost like, you know, when you hear like an opera singer singing a note and then glass starts to shake and, <laughs> and you know, the glass might almost shatter. It's almost like there's a, there's a sound coming out of your paintings for me that's touching, you know, the, the core of that's us. That's the charge. It's kind of like, yeah, and it's, it's, it's actually in a really cheesy way. It's <laughs> actually kind of a, a, a sound of love or something. It's like, it's like you cannot stop this love you know what i mean like it's authentic yes. love. i don't know there's something so like elegant the care bears or something and... it's, it's <laughs> you're, radiating, you're radiating love and it's I like, it's like verbalizing you, it right no no i know I'm, what you mean but it's I'm like you're to... getting if you get oppression or if you give out love it's like it's yeah. like you're, I, i'm giving you love back whatever you're and throwing you love, at me you obviously love yourself and yeah. you have respect for yourself but you love us too and i feel like you know even russ and i like we're both like guys from the uk you know we're we grew up gay and we have a very different uh, you know way of looking at the world to the mm. one that you had in the place where you grew up but i feel like somehow internationally mm. we're all connected you know and it's like I, I am connected thanks to your paintings i think that's what i'm trying to say you have a, you have well, a mother guess, quality yeah. it's the mother earth oh, yeah. You know, but you yeah, but there is all- something spiritual about it. That's true. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Well, Can you talk I guess a bit that about means that? it's working. Um, yeah, you have yeah. an you have an alter ego of of yeah, mother, the mother. Earth, you? but it yeah. has a different name. Oh goodness. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. I mean, I haven't made those those in a long time. Yeah, but for a while, I was experimenting with video. And I had a persona whose name was Lover Earth. And yeah, and I would write scripts and um, make these kind of little uh, vignettes um, that were kind of, they were really poems. There's um, one online yeah. called You yes, Used Me, Lover yeah, Earth yeah. 2018, where you're, you're completely <laughs> yes. green and you're, you're kind of on your knees and you look like you're pregnant yes. and you're uh-huh. talking to the camera and it could be you're talking about what you know humans have done to the earth but also what yes. you know a lover has done to you it's sure. these this kind of these messages where you're like you used me took what you wanted left me behind and it's like <laughs> well that's what we've done with the earth but then that's what this whoever this person this, this scorned lover has done with lover earth as well yeah so i believe in the end of that video I kind of also left an invitation to my audience or to, you know, this, this lover of hers. It was, I forget how the line goes, but it was something like, even, uh, yes, despite everything. I mean, it wasn't, didn't go like this, but the, the message was sort of like, I'll take you back. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know. Well, it's a bit it's like, a bit you know, hope, David but... Edinburgh, when we have these things yeah. about the end of the world and we're all going to die. And yes, then, he, yeah. then at the very end, where you feel completely paralyzed and like, that's it, it's over. Yeah. He goes, but we yes. can. If we work yes. hard, turn <laughs> and you're like, oh, there is yeah. hope. Oh my God, there is hope. Yes, so yes, you're, yes, you, you're yes, giving yes. us hope. You know, yes, there's this yes. dystopian yes. version of the world, but yet sure. your utopian lover yes. earth is saying, come back here. <laughs> well, I've always thought that, you know, utopia and dystopia are not mutually exclusive. You know, they can happen simultaneously, you know, and in, in pockets, I guess you could say. You know, I kind of feel like they're both always happening in, you know, different places at different times. But yeah, I haven't dabbled in video in quite a while. <laughs> so, it's so yeah, good, I though. Put I mean, it down. It's, it's so good for people listening. Go on to, yeah. you know, just Google uh, Nash Glynn films, videos, <laughs> and there's one that comes up called You Use Me. Yes, and then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's another painting talking about dystopian, which I love, which I don't think mm-hmm. you're a fan of from reading between the lines of an interview you did. Mm-hmm. But it's self-portrait with robot. And it looks like you're getting <laughs> fucked from behind by a robot from the Jetsons. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I absolutely yeah. am obsessed with that painting. <laughs> you know, that one is still here in the studio and I've been trying to get rid of it for so long. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll yeah. live with it. I think yeah, it's, yeah, ama- it's, I think it's fucking amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. where did that come uh, from because we're gonna have to post God. a picture of that it's you you on all fours with a robot behind you <laughs> yes. i mean it's funny that one actually the robot it came out of like a sketchbook that i found 
from like high school that was like this kind of reoccurring figure of this like robot fucking um <laughs> and you know yeah I, yeah i'm not exactly sure what that was about but i guess in the painting you know i was also kind of just interested in like the the contrast between this kind of the figure of the robot and and myself and I love it. <laughs> that one I've, oh, yeah. I've i've put that one down <laughs> one of the one of the things i i loved about the recent show as well was the use of fabric mm. so so mm. you would present in the paintings either behind the window you know a kind of a, a folded curtain you know with all the creases and a very like an old master kind of um mm. you know the folds in fabric and yeah. often in old master paintings you would see really luscious velvet or something creased and mm. folded and yeah. then the shadows um connected and mm. it got me thinking a lot because the show was called interiors yeah but but if you think of the painting it and then even even the one of um, the portrait of, of her in the red dress, um, mm -hmm. you know, with the bed sheets, but also the the kind of very, um, yes. you know, strong red in that fabric. Yes. Can you talk a bit about those folds? Yeah, it's funny. Well, those two paintings were actually, they were made together and like sort oh. of go together in a way i mean mm -hmm. again it was like contrast it and her between the human and the non-human kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. um you know and yeah for those listening it was kind of a, a still life of two apples in a glass bowl like sitting on top of a stool covered in fabric and then hers is a self-portrait of me on the bed um in a red dress uh and the dress yeah and that one technically was it was just pure hue like good old cadmium which we can't find anymore um oh. yeah they stopped it's, you can't find it in stores anymore because it's such a strong color isn't it it's because it's so good vivid. Color. apparently it's like talks apparently uh, yeah. but i yeah. was like uh, i was like searching the internet to like on ebay and things to see if anyone had some stores of cadmium but it's hard to find now oh. um now they have this like cadmium medium something but it's not the same um, it's kind of or or orangey red isn't it it's like this yes, very vivid yeah. vibrant color yeah yeah. Those two was really, you know, again, it was kind of this, yeah, contrast between, you know, the figure and the object. I mean, and then again, you know, I've always had a hard time seeing the difference between subjects and objects. And sometimes that gets me into trouble, but it's, you know, it was kind of a play on that. Um, and the fabric kind of just added a softness or kind of um, seductive quality. It feels yeah. religious. Oh, you think so? Yeah, like an offering or like, you know, um, like the, the, yeah. the velvet you'd see in a church or the kind yeah. of fabric you'd see in the Vatican yes. or something. It has that sort of <laughs> yes. energy. What do you mean it got yeah. you into trouble then between subject and object in the past? In, in, what, in what way? Like with I mean, it, that's, it's a slippery slope if you think about it. You know, in some sense, it's like maybe objects, you know, deserve a little more respect, you know, because... Yes, there's this whole sense of, I mean, I'm quite literally objectifying myself with every painting, mm -hmm. but maybe objects, you know, are, are getting a bad reputation and, you know, maybe, you know, we could treat objects a little better. And that even goes back to the sense of the way we, are, you know, have treated the planet, you know, in the sense of, you know, maybe... I don't know, yeah, objects like rivers or lakes or, you know, mountains also deserve, you know, more as sort of subjecthood, yes. Mm -mm. Um, what are you working towards now? Um, what's what's next then? So this, this show is about to close in Villemette in L.A.? Now. Yes. Um, the show is about to close in Villemette in L.A. And honestly, I'm kind of just, um, I don't have anything on the books I'm single, if anyone's out there you know, <laughs> and wants to come to the studio. Um, yeah, I'm just, I mean, I'm always working, you know, I'm always, I'm always on to the next. Do you work in bodies and, of work? Like, like, say you've had this, the interior show now, do you feel like now you're exploring a different body of work or do you always bring in the landscapes, bring in the interiors now and these are all part of your language? 
yeah, these are all part of my language. I'm still working in that in that kind of mode of interiors and exteriors and windows and doorways and architecture and yes, object and subjecthood and all these things. <laughs> Yeah, I've been playing a bit more with abstractions. Again, it's an, uh, something I've never really been able to see the difference between representation and abstraction. You know, I think it's all a part of, yes, this system of language that we find ourselves in. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, so min- and minimalism with contrasting. Painting. Yes, and minimalism. Yes, you know, it's something I'm very interested in. And yes. But, you know, it's always one to the next for me. I can't plan too far ahead. (laughs) And if you you think about the abstraction side, so you mentioned collage was something Mm -hmm. that you did, you know, if you weren't taking photos as a kid, you were making collages. Can you talk a bit about how that's continued or inspired the way that you see image making? I guess in some ways I still kind of am collaging because, you know, I'm putting together, you know, images that I'm taking from landscapes and then studio photographs and then things from my dreams and composing them all in ways that, you know, I, I think they're kind of these like impossible spaces that yet still hold form, which is always something I'm interested in playing with as well. If you really look closely, like they actually don't make any sense. It's almost like she could just fall through the landscape at any point or, you know, it's really just one line that's holding together this whole kind of sense of interior space. It's always something I'm playing with. I don't know. I guess it's, it's, it's a sense of exploration too that I'm looking for. And, you know, I feel like I've, a work is successful if I've discovered something, you know, and then again, you know, that's really just can be a feeling. So. I mean, there's a, there's a portrait that you made of yourself in a while back now. It's like a photo yes. montage and it's called Automata. And in, uh-huh. in that work, you're looking into a mirror and you can, yes. you can see your body from the back, mm-hmm. but you have this kind of like um, collaged element in in the in the kind of yeah. spinal area, yeah, um, yeah. almost like a kind of bustier or something. Like yes. a, um, can you can you talk a bit about how that kind of body of work happened? Yeah, I mean that was really just a one-time thing. Oh, I see. Uh, yes, just I guess once. you know. Yes, I, I love experimented in college. Okay, yeah, I was experimenting a bit with photography and um, montage and photoshopping. You know, which I think still plays a lot into the way that I paint. Yeah, definitely, because um, yeah. you can really feel that in that image. Like, yes. if you look at the recent paintings you've made, mm-hmm. the the way the body sits in space. You know, yeah. the mirror, the object, yes. like the black space surrounding, which in the painting became white space mm-hmm. you know it's it's very connected for me yeah but I, I love the spine as well it's like yeah. what is that it's almost like a like an instrument or something yeah no it was something I built out of like a uh, plumbing materials and then right. yeah photographed and kind of photoshopped in well I, th- I think it's extraordinarily beautiful that, that oh, thank you thank and it you. definitely relates to the more recent work yes sure. yeah so before yeah. we get into our final questions you were in yeah. London recently for I freeze was. Yes. <laughs> what was that like yes. for you what are your thoughts some feelings on the art oh, fair well, and it was my first time in london yeah. i have to say loved london like i love a good fish and chips um <laughs> and i loved the bus you guys have a great public transportation system Thank except you. the tube was not my favorite but the bus was great i loved mm-hmm. sitting up top on the front um and they were <laughs> so course. clean and yeah. efficient and um yeah i was there for freeze i well it was sort of by chance I was in Paris for fashion week for a friend's show and then another friend was going to London for freeze and you know I looked at the map and I was like oh it's right there like you know I might as well tag along and I have a painting up at the Tate Modern which I also wanted to go see you um, have one in the collection I do yes oh yeah. congratulations that's yes, great what, what's yes. that called and is that on, is that on display uh, now yes it's on display now um it's up indefinitely I believe part of the the rehang and mm. yeah it's a piece called self-portrait with one foot forward and one hand reaching out 
Uh, oh wow! And you're facing back. You're facing back towards yes. us, the audience, like yes. beckoning yes. us into Lazarus. Exactly. That's part of the Tate collection. Yeah. Congratulations! Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, what did that feel like to see it in the Tate? Oh, it was strange. Um, you know, just again, you know, to see it there behind glass for all the world to see. Yeah, it was really something to see there, and of course, you know. I was there at Freeze and, you know, wound up going over there with like three friends and then like my cousin and his baby came and the three curators are there and the baby's screaming for joy and we're all there seeing the painting and it was kind of perfect. Yeah. Who are you hanging near? Do you know who the other artists are that are around you? In the uh, I'm, it's me in the room It's that I'm in. It's me and Lyle Ashton Harris. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's like one of his big... Um, how do you call it when there's like five photos in a something like that? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is the Tate Modern's new hang. Yes. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. This is really I didn't Thank know that. You. That's so exciting. Yeah. I'm gonna go and check that out. Yeah, go check it out. Yeah, it's a great museum. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. So you like our buses and you like our I museums. Like yes. Good. Good, yes. good. Well, that sounds like oh, the best time. time. Yeah. Really I'll come time. with you, Russ. We have to go yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we'll get a photo yeah. with it. The other thing I really <laughs> want to quickly ask you before we yeah. wrap up, Nash, is mm-hmm. why is drawing as well so important for you? Because the drawings that I've seen by you are very intense drawings. They're, they're not um they're, they're almost you you kind of fill the whole surface of the paper yeah. um in in a way that the paintings maybe you make kind of less marks somehow mm. like there's a i think there's a different relationship between the two things somehow the two mediums yeah i mean it's funny I, there's a different relationship and at the same time you know working in, in acrylic is actually a lot like drawing in the way that i work anyway you know it's a yeah. lot of it's it's similar formally but yeah, I mean, drawing has always been a part of my practice. I, you know, it's definitely more um, portable. I take it with me on the go and and here in the studio. Um, but I wonder which drawings are you thinking of? I think it's the ones of your your face, like the just self-portraits. Oh, drawings. Mm, yeah, they're, yes. they're the ones that I gravitated towards. For like old masters like, in some way. Yeah, they're just, <laughs> I think they're breathtaking, actually. Mm. I really Thank love you. them. Yeah, I think you've got an amazing line. And it's really, I I think drawing is one of the hardest things to do. And it's, it's Mm -hmm. a way to really see someone's like personality and their language and Mm -hmm. who who they are, you know, because I I don't know, more more so than other mediums. Yeah, Yeah. there is exactly. There is a lot more touch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, in a recent episode we had with an actor called Mm -hmm. um, Zachary Quinto, who Russell recently acted with in American Horror Story, Zachary highlighted your work to us. And I know that he actually bought one of your paintings recently as well, which he's really proud of. And he's really happy. Um, Have you met met collectors like Zach? And and what's it like when you meet your collectors? Oh, I don't think there's any collectors like Zach. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, he's been wonderful. But yes, there are a lot of great people out there to work with, for sure. Um, do you like yeah. meeting the people that end up living with I your work? I do. I love meeting the people that live with my work. I mean, I love meeting people in general, but, um, you know, um, everyone's just so interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, you're, you're, you are interesting, Nash. You're fascinating. I know, you're making me want to fly to New York. Yeah. <laughs> I want to I come to the seaport. Come I'm gonna, the seaport. Well, the fact that you've got a studio now and you're single and yeah. you want you want a oh. visitor, then I'm, I'm, I, might come and, I might come and see you and we can hang out with the sailors in the pub downstairs yeah, that'd be the dream uh, the dream yeah, we so, love you nash so yeah. much so <laughs> we ask every guest that comes on uh, three very important questions the first one is if you could yeah. do an art heist you could steal any work of art in the world for yourself to live with what would it be and why you know it's funny i don't actually like living with art what really? there's no art in my apartment <gasps> wow <laughs> yes i mean i love art obviously but like you know, I, I, I mean, my studio is in my home and, you know, I spend all day thinking about form and composition and color and line and da da da. And, you know, sometimes a girl just needs a break. Like, <laughs> Fair so, enough. You know, there's really no clocking out of my job. And so there's no art in my bedroom. Oh, wow. <laughs> so this might be the first time in history that we've had a non art yeah. so You're not going to steal anything. Art. What about stealing no. something and giving it to the Tate? Or or an artist that you love, an artist friend of yours, one of your peers that you're like, their work should Uh, be in the Tate. Okay, you know what? And a piece I would love, I would love to have actually is Mm -hmm. 
a Claude Cahoon photograph. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love him. <laughs> oh, so amazing. I know where I put it. I probably keep but it But you know what's great about them, Nash, is they're tiny. Yeah. They're, they're, they're tiny, tiny, exactly. And, yeah. yeah, and actually, yeah. so it wouldn't take up yeah, too yeah. much of your, your yeah. wall space. Tell yeah, us tell yeah. us a bit could, about Claude Cahoon. That they were an artist in France, non-binary artist, photographer. Yes, Yes. I just loved, well, I mean, I love the photographs to begin with, just, you know, the way they look. But I also do, I loved the story of Claude's role on, uh, what was the island that they were living on during the war, during World War II. Oh, yeah. I want to say uh, Haiti, but that's not right. No, no, no. Jersey, uh, Jersey, Jersey, Jersey. Jersey. Oh, yeah, very yeah, different. Yeah, I think it's Saint Helier. Yeah, Saint like Helens or Helier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Helier. H e l i e. Yes, and was there when it was occupied, and was doing all this like very sneaky art, and you know, making these little montages. Uh, that were these sort of, you know, very anti-war propaganda and would like go to the bar and like slip them into the coats of the Nazis and, you know, leave things like lying around and was doing all this very kind of subversive, but very subtle kind of like artworks around the town until the end of the war when they were arrested for for the propaganda and and then i think shortly after the war ended or something and he was freed but spent some time in prison because of it and uh, mm-hmm. but i just love the way that you know he was kind of extending a hand to the opposition in a sense you know like it was kind of making art for the Nazis, you know, and not just kind of like speaking to, I don't know, I guess that's something I think about too, you know, if I could beyond the desire to make a pretty picture, I don't know, like uh, have create some change in the world potentially by kind of, I don't know, like giving, yeah, making something that would, I don't know, maybe make someone feel something like empathy <laughs> yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah like encouraging the opposition yeah, to open their hearts in a way yeah change the way know. they see things yeah yes, yeah and actually yeah. it was a really brave bold provocative act at the time you know Claude, even just to, yes yeah no, very to oh dangerous re- yeah re- dangerous revolutionary yes, uh-huh, like yes, powerful yeah uh-huh, but also like how amazing so this idea and it's so know, great that claude's through the work lives yeah, on you yes. know like we're even talking about him now it's like yeah it's major well i also like have like a you know a kind of star cross crush on him so Aww. yes yeah um I know Gillian Waring, who just had the show at um, Guggenheim in New York, mm-hmm. was also really inspired by Claude Cahoon. I think the reach has been far. So the other question we ask every guest yeah. is, what is your favourite colour? <laughs> oh, well, I have two <laughs> favourite colours. Do you? Yes, and I've never been able to decide. This has been a problem since I remember elementary school when, you know, people would be like, what's your favourite colour? And I could never choose, so I'd always say blue and pink, which I know is very, <laughs> you know, um, uh, says a lot about me, but I just think they're great colours and they go great together. <laughs> yeah, they do, actually. It's true. Yeah. Why do people try and separate them all I the time? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is the best advice you've ever had when it comes to your art oh goodness um i don't know people have always told me what not to do but i don't know inspire people <laughs> like <laughs> i guess it's not really advice but what have you been told um, not to do then what have people said don't do this oh everything that i do i've been told not to do <laughs> i've been told to stop painting so many times but by I'm who just like like um, trolls or sure yes you know just yeah you know it's something i get now and then but, oh, we're um, very happy you didn't stop painting. Yes. I'll never stop. <laughs> Good. Good news. <laughs> yes. oh. Yeah, long live the queen. 
That's what we want. <laughs> yeah, That's what we want. Yes, you know, yes, the brand is is living. So, yes, it is. Know. Well, this has been oh, so Nash, brilliant. It's been so magic. So, so brilliant. Thank you so much for blessing us yes. with your time oh. and, and your, your paintings. works. I mean, yeah, incredible. Mm. And we're going to go and check out the Tate in London. And you've got a great website. Uh, you yes. describe yourself in there as a Nash Glean is a transdisciplinary artist, which <laughs> <Yeah>. is, <laughs> which I love the fact it's just very very clever and uh, <laughs> love it so your website's brilliant uh your instagram is excellent um, so everybody get following what is your instagram nash glenn that's him very easy. We'll, we'll definitely be linking as well <laughs> yes. yes and for all images go to at talk on instagram where we'll be posting uh everything we're talking about today and we will see you again very soon so thank you very much yeah. everyone thanks yeah. nash Thanks, Thanks Nash. We'll be back very soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you. You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamond and Russell Toby. Follow us on Instagram at Talk Art, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in today's episode, with music by Jack Northover. Subscribe to Talk Art at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Give us a rating and write us a comment. Thanks for listening. 